Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, and let's read from verses 1 to 20. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside of all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message, after me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs whose sandals of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him in, out into the desert and he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James son of Zebedee and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. We find here that Mark is giving an account of the life and ministry of Jesus and he is writing this with an intention to let people know that Jesus is the Son of God. For people to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And he writes this with the beginning of the details of how John the Baptist came announcing the coming of Jesus. Remember, there is a lot of history that Matthew records. There's a birth of Jesus about which Luke records, even the birth of John the Baptist also. But for Mark, it was very particular for him. He was in, you can see an urgency with which he comes to the message straight away. He is not taking the time to record the genealogy. He is not taking time to record the stories of birth. But there is a reason why the Holy Spirit inspires Mark in this manner to write what he writes. The same thing about Jesus. But he is obviously coming with a message as he gives this account. He is not giving this account to give any historical details but he's coming with this purpose of letting people know that Jesus is the son of God and as we see this in the larger uh, picture of why he is writing this in this portion of scripture as we just now read he's talking very specifically 
about repentance and believing on the Lord Jesus and receiving forgiveness of sins and introducing that this is why Jesus came and to show that he has the authority to forgive sins and how he calls his people to accept him and to follow him now we as the disciples of the lord jesus today in the 21st century we are people who follow jesus we are people who believe in jesus we are people who are his children we are people who are here you know completely devoted our lives to him we are not you know just a passive follower we are not just someone who is just here by chance we are not just have come to know jesus because we are born in a christian family or we have not come into his kingdom just because we uh, somehow accidentally slipped and fell in into his kingdom but by his divine purpose and by his ordination we have entered the kingdom of god with a purpose hallelujah like how the lord has led mark to write this gospel account with a purpose for every one of us who are in his kingdom we are here with a purpose and john comes announcing saying the kingdom of god has come repent and believe the good news in verse 15 jesus also says the same thing the same message that john also proclaimed and you see they were waiting the people of israel were waiting for the restoration of the kingdom to israel from the hands of the romans and so jesus is saying here in verse 15 the time has come the kingdom of god is near repent and believe the good news they were under the roman oppression they were under you know terrible suffering they had no freedom this was a land that god had promised to them and so for them to showcase a kingdom god as he established them as a kingdom of priests as we read right back in uh, exodus chapter 19 that these people of israel were called to be a kingdom of priests as a kingdom people god gave them allotted them a land to settle them as a kingdom people to show himself that he is their king to show to the nations of the world that he is a king he is god he is lord he is master that he reigns and he rules to show to the nations of the world that he is the true living god because there were many many gods and goddesses that they were worshiping in those days the nations of the world did not know that he, uh, he is the true living god and so god was revealing himself by establishing this people as a kingdom and then gave them a land and gave them boundaries settled them down and by all of these things it was not just to give them a good property like how we like to have a good property for ourselves or for you know ourselves to accumulate a little more property so that we can leave behind something for our generations to come we buy property so that you know we can save some tax you know we we accumulate property so that you know we can put to good use invest you know in a good manner the excess income that we have what do we do with all the savings invest them in a good place that's how we look at properties but when god gave them property when god they gave them land and settled them down he was not giving them property just so that you know their generations will be well taken care of 
he was not giving them property you know as making an investment to get some good returns out of it he gave them a land to settle them down by that that he will reveal himself to the nations of the world to show that he is king to show that he is god and thereby now the people of israel also came to know that he is god by what he was doing to them for them as he was king he was god he gave them this land he displaced seven other nations and gave them this land by that he was showing to them that he is god that he is almighty by causing them to win over wars he gave them this revelation that he is the king and now the people of israel come under oppression by the enemy kingdoms because the people fail to you know take god as their king they revolted against god they went into sin they despised the covenants that he made with them repeatedly he made with noah he made with abraham he makes with david repeatedly you see god making covenants and uh, the people of israel were not faithful to the covenants even though he was sending them the prophets reminding them to keep the covenant that they will obey his laws and decrees so that by that he will be faithful to them and his blessings will come upon them they will be blessed by you know keeping this covenant by obeying him the people reject the covenant and so often times they were falling away from the plan of god they were falling away from the blessing of god they were receiving you know what he promised that he would give them if they would disobey them a destruction was coming upon them punishments were coming upon them he he was banishing them to enemy kingdoms by that teaching them a lesson to draw them back into the kingdom of god and so here finally they lost the idea of god being their king and they being a kingdom people and they came down to this level of only looking at the earthly kingdom of the nation of israel the physical location by giving them a physical location he was only trying to reveal himself that he is their king and this is their his kingdom they are his kingdom people but they lost sight of the fact that they are kingdom people and that god is their king and that's why he has given them this land but more than taking god as a king and being the kingdom people they only looked at looked to the land and for political earthly kingdom and they wanted to take possession and uh, and they wanted to take stock of the kingdom of israel and come under the uh, you know and take control of the kingship of their nation israel they wanted it back and so they were always looking forward to the restoration of the kingdom the political kingdom of israel rather than realizing that this is a kingdom of god where god is their king and this is a spiritual kingdom they've lost sight of that and because they lost sight of that jesus comes to you know redeem them back again to show that he is their king he comes ushering in the kingdom and this is a spiritual kingdom that he comes to usher not to restore the political kingdom of the nation of israel today there is too much of a hue and cry about the political kingdom of israel we as christians have nothing to do with the political kingdom of israel and a lot of uh, you know people are also using the political kingdom of israel to sell their products on you know on television oh this is a towel that we got from israel give 50 dollars we will send it to you and you will receive some blessing no how many of our towels you buy you will not get any blessing you cannot buy any blessing by giving money 
and political kingdom has no significance for the church of jesus for salvation this is a spiritual kingdom that we are in often times a lot of people confuse people with the bringing in back the old paradigm into the new paradigm don't that's why jesus himself said don't pour you can't pour new wine into old wine skin you can't stitch new cloth into old cloth that's a political old paradigm don't bring that into the new paradigm the new paradigm is the church of jesus hallelujah where jews and gentiles are together as one household of god as one body now there is no jew no gentile no male no female we are all one in christ and everybody who calls upon the name of jesus will be saved whether a jew or a gentile and so there is no special status in the eyes of god for either a jew or a gentile all are equal in god's sight amen hallelujah and so here is jesus bringing in the kingdom of god he is ushering in the kingdom of god and here john the baptist comes speaking about this kingdom introducing the one who is going to usher the kingdom john the baptist is not the one who is ushering the kingdom but he is only introducing and making the way preparing the ground plowing the ground and getting the people back to you know talk about the kingdom because for 400 years there have been no prophets in israel this was a dark age for the nation of israel there was no word there was no prophet there was no revival there was no move of god there were at many times there were great times of you know great soaring of the move of the spirit and if you look at the time of moses you look at the time of david you look at the time of solomon you look at the time of some of the kings a few of the kings like hezekiah some of them who restored the kingdom of god they restored the worship of god back to the temple they restored the sacrifice again they smashed down the idols of baal they broke down the pedestals and they restored the kingdom of god back once in a while people were revisiting the kingdom but they were only visiting but they didn't have the king to stay with them once in a while they had visitations of god when the prophet spoke when time of nehemiah after these people were taken into captivity and nehemiah and ezra as are preaching the word of god they proclaiming the word of god and here you also have people like zechariah and haggai who are contemporaries who are also prophesying at the same time while the people of israel were in captivity in babylon and those are the times the bible says that under the preaching of zechariah and haggai the people prospered they were restored back to the temple the worship was restored ezra reads the word again he brings down the scrolls and he and he preaches he reads out the word and people cry and weep and they repent and they confess their sins once in a while you see during the whole you know several thousands of years of the history of israel there have been times of revival there have been times of the move of god once in a while but the people again went back and then there was a lull for a long time and the last of the old testament prophets is john the baptist don't read the bible with two sections as old testament and new testament it's one long story the division as old and new was was done by um, bible translators and uh, people who put down uh, you know the bible in this format but it is actually biblically one long story there's no division as that was old this was new you know so john the baptist is one of the last of the old testament prophets if you can call that as an old you know 
of that time period of time dispensation then comes jesus ushering in the kingdom but john the baptist is the one who is prophesying proclaiming about the coming of jesus he is saying you know but one who will come after me whose uh, you know thongs i am unworthy to untie he will come and he will i baptize you with water but he will come but he will baptize you with the spirit the baptism of the holy spirit the coming of the spirit the descending of the holy spirit upon jesus and upon the people of god is a sign that the kingdom has now come the kingdom has assured and people who have been assured into the kingdom are receiving the spirit this was a sign of the kingdom this was a sign that now god is king over the people that he is ruling and reigning in the hearts and lives of people that's what a kingdom is all about kingdom is about ruling and reigning and here is god ruling and reigning in the hearts and lives of people not coming to establish the political kingdom of israel again that's not what he wants that's not what he's talking about and very often the pharisees the teachers of the law even the disciples themselves would ask lord are you going to restore the kingdom now when is the kingdom coming when is the kingdom they thought if oh it looks like he seemed to be like the messiah it looks like he seemed to be like the one whom the prophets prophesied about it looks like he's having some of these signs he's performing miracles he's healing the lepers he's casting out demons he's speaking with one who has authority he's not like speaking like the teachers of the law like our you know teachers of the law the pharisees but he's speaking like the one with great authority so maybe he must be the messiah but then we also know his address he just lives down tirumangalam you know there only that joseph mary you know their house you know that street you know in that lane third house i know yeah, that man he's carpenter you know he only made some furniture in our house his father only you know but it looks like oh it look ordinary family there only but but he speaks with great authority could he be the messiah it looks like there is a messiah maybe he's the messiah and some said maybe he's not maybe he's john the baptist again john the baptist died he was beheaded maybe he's john the baptist born again uh, or maybe he's elijah who's come back in because elijah was taken up into heaven he didn't die and so the prophets who said elijah will come maybe is elijah come here that's why jesus is asking who do people say i am and then he asked peter what do you say what do you think and he said you are christ the son of the living god hallelujah you see people were really confused people were asking this question is he going to restore the kingdom now is he this messiah that we have been waiting for is he the redeemer is he the one about whom it was prophesied is he the king about whom isaiah prophesied but then comes john the baptist proclaiming that the king is going to come the king the the, the one who comes after me is the one who will come and fill you with the spirit and by that you will know he is your king and here people are asking you know are we going to have the kingdom back again the kingdom of israel because now it's under roman rule and jesus was coming to bring a different kingdom if you turn with me to luke's gospel chapter 17 and read verses 20 and 21 luke 17 20 and 21 once having been asked by the pharisees when the kingdom of god would come jesus replied The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is 
within you you can't say it's here or it's there you can where is the kingdom oh you, it's not a physical kingdom this is not a political kingdom you can find the kingdom you can you know see the kingdom you know with visible eyes it does not come with careful observation because the kingdom of god is within you if you believed in me that's what jesus is saying if you follow me the kingdom of god is within you amen praise the lord he rules and he reigns over our lives that's what the kingdom is all about read also with me in john's gospel chapter 18 and verse 36 john 18 and verse number 36 this is at the trial of jesus when pilate is asking you know what is it you have done you know they were asking you know are you a king who are you you know people say are you the king of the jews verse 33 pilate went back inside the palace summoned jesus and asked him are you the king of jews but jesus said verse 36 my kingdom is not of this world if it were my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the jews but now my kingdom is from another place if it was from this world the the disciples would have come and fought for jesus they would have made sure that he is protected and many times you know he himself withdrew from the crowds he passed through the crowds he went away when they tried to push him from a cliff when they tried to kill him and they plotted to kill him he went away so he knew how to escape but here he did he didn't come to escape and run away but he came to die hallelujah he was born to die that's why he came and why did he want to die not just to die you know as some kind of great martyr that he gave his life for this kingdom like unfortunately many of the you know people die because lad because of lack of good protection for their uh, for themselves because of lack of good armory because of lack of good intelligence sometimes you know they die uh, at the borders of our nation you know and great martyrdom very sad that many people don't have to die but they are end up dying because they have not been given good protection because the gadgets don't work because the intelligence doesn't reach on time because of all the corruption and everything you know people die now jesus didn't come to die as that kind of a martyr no dying for a nation he didn't come to die for a cause but he came to die and to rise again and to redeem the souls of mankind and bring them into his kingdom bring them into his lordship bring them under his rule and reign so because he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords and without him there is no salvation of soul hallelujah without him there is no eternal life without him they are in the kingdom of darkness to redeem people from the kingdom of darkness and bring them to the kingdom of light jesus comes even after jesus died and rose again and repeatedly jesus saying in the hearing of the disciples my kingdom is not of this world and my kingdom is within you even after revealing all of this and speaking plainly about all of these things even after jesus died and he rose again the disciples still didn't get it and in chapter number 1 and we read in verse number 6 the disciples are asking and when they met together acts chapter 1 and verse number 6 acts 1 6 the disciples are asking so when they met together they asked him lord so now are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to israel because we thought you would do it and we thought you died and the story is over we thought we that's it the kingdom is not going to be restored because you died 
oh but thankfully now it looks like you've risen from the dead we've touched you we felt you we see you eat we heard you now we know that you are the same jesus who rose from the dead because that itself was a big doubt whether this is the same jesus whether he rose from the dead and now they're beginning to believe and as they're beginning to believe now they're wondering are you going to restore the kingdom to israel now at this time they didn't even realize why jesus died and rose again they were still thinking jesus came for the kingdom of israel they still did not know jesus came to die on the cross for our sins and through him we have forgiveness of sins and not only for israel for all mankind they still did not understand that this plan of salvation was not understood by the disciples and so for mark when he is writing and remember all these gospels were written after the churches were established after paul had written his epistles the timing of the gospel writing was later on and so now mark is writing this quickly to show to the people of israel that this is why jesus came he didn't come to restore your kingdom your political kingdom but jesus has come to usher in the kingdom of god and he is a son of god so believe him hallelujah hallelujah praise the lord and so this morning we need to understand that we are in this kingdom not for you know not just by chance it is not just some kind of a you know ritual by which or routine by which or a birth by which we've just come into this kingdom or we come into a church system where we just you know we as christians are, i mean hindus go to a temple mosque uh, muslims go to a mosque and christians go to church so i am a christian so i go to church that's not why we are here that's not how we came to be here that's not how we accepted jesus just because it so happened that you stumbled upon a christian friend and he took you to a church or to a meeting and so happened that that was very you know comforting and so very soothing for the heart and the mind and that situation that you were at you know and so maybe that miracle happened and so it so happened that you you know just crossed over and came into this side that's not why you are here that's not why you know you are a believer on the lord jesus not because your you know probably your parents compelled you to believe in him maybe they told you you know pray and read the bible that's when you'll drink coffee in the morning maybe that's how you grew up and that's why you started going to church maybe that's how it became a habit but you are not here because of those habits or being pushed into the church maybe still somebody is pushing you to come and that's why you came today otherwise you would have slept another 3 hours probably gone up to even the third heaven but you are here not because somebody pushed you it's not because you know you happened to experience a miracle and that comfort or something that you received you know felt this is better than that you know what i used to be or where i used to go you know was not so good didn't appeal to my culture because the music and all everything is here is nice you know it's more contemporary so that's not why you stumbled upon you know into the church and that's not why you are here that's not why you believe in jesus that's not why you are a christian not by name but you are here because the lord wanted you be to, to be in his kingdom hallelujah because the lord wanted to bring his kingdom to his people because the lord wants to be king over your life your family has got saved because the lord wants to be king over your family hallelujah 
Yeah, you might worship him as God, but he is your king. He's the one who rules. He's the one who reigns. He's the one who is sovereign over everything. He's the one who is above all. That's what we sang this morning. Above all powers, above all thrones, above all kings, above all dominions, above all authority. Above everything that is above us, he is above us. Hallelujah. More than everything that is superior to us, he is above us. There's nothing above us but our God who is king. Hallelujah. And so he has ushered you into his kingdom. He has called you into his kingdom. He has brought you into his kingdom because he loves you. He wants him to be king over your life. Would you allow him to be king over your life? Would you ask him to be king over your life? Would you give him permission over every area of your life that he will be your king? Sometimes we can call him as Lord. We can worship him. We can praise him. But very often in our lives, we don't have him as our king. A king is one who has dominion. A king is one who has all authority. A king is one who can call the shots, who can say what he wants, who who will do what he wants to do. Very often we have some areas in our life where we are king over our own selves. Where we are, we have all authority over ourselves, where we have reserved some portions and said, I will do what I want. I will be the way I will want to be. And we have eliminated the king out of our lives. We have not allowed him to be the king over every area of our lives. And when he met the disciples, he called them. He calls people. He calls them so that they will come into a relationship with him. And by entering into a relationship with him, by walking to him, he will be their king. Hallelujah. Three things I find here. And like just point, like to point to you. Walking to Jesus, walking with Jesus, and walking for Jesus. Walking to Jesus, walking with Jesus, and walking for Jesus. That is what truly is having him asking. That's what he wanted his disciples to do. That's what I find in the text here that we read in Mark's Gospel chapter 1. If you look back quickly to Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. And go from verse 14 to 20. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Then he goes on. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. He said, come follow me. Come follow me. Come walk to me. And walk behind me. Walk, follow me. Walk with me. Walk to me and walk with me. That's a call that he gave them. We need to come to Jesus, walk toward Jesus. Sometimes some people are walking away from Jesus. They're walking away from his kingship. They're walking away, rejecting him as king. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In other words, if we don't keep his commandments, it says that it means we don't love him. 
and so for the people of israel he gave them commands not to put a heavy yoke on them so that by that they will show that they love him by that they will show that they are pleasing to him by that they would show that they are giving their hearts to him that they're willing to follow him they're willing to have him as king over their lives by obedience to his commands and very often we think that just praying a prayer of confession or praying a prayer of repentance you know means that we are saved and the story is over it doesn't end there that's only the beginning praying a prayer of repentance praying a prayer of confession is only the beginning but then he wants us for a lifelong following him walking with him walking towards him and not to walk away from him not to walk away from his commands if we say i give my life to jesus but if we don't obey his commands we're walking away from him we are not having him king over our lives we are not having his sovereign will you know fulfilled in our lives we are not having him leading us we are not having him having complete dominion over us we make our own choices we do things which are contrary to the principles of the word of god to the teachings of scripture that would be rejecting him as king over our lives that would be rejecting him as king over our lives if we will be willing to obey him if we will be willing to walk towards him and not walk away from him many people walked away from him turn with me to john's gospel many people who came to follow jesus they said this is a hard teaching in john's gospel chapter 6 and verse number 60 in verse 59 it says he said this while teaching in the synagogue in capernaum he's calling him into a fellowship with him he's calling him to follow him they thought they would be made righteous by moses by keeping the traditions but here he says you know anyone who does not eat my flesh and drink my blood has no part in me and he calls them to you know eat of him come and participate in him you know f- that they will be fulfilled by believing in him and receiving from him and in this relationship with him and so when he gave this teaching in verse 59 on, on hearing this in verse 60 many of his disciples said this is a hard teaching who can accept it and verse 66 it says from this time many of his disciples turned back no longer to follow him from this time many disciples turned back no longer to follow him oh this is hard teaching i'm happy with the blessings i'm happy with the good things i'm happy with the money that he can give me but i don't want his teaching that's walking away from jesus that's rejecting him as king that's exactly what the people of israel did they prostituted themselves to foreign gods they went into sexual immorality because they intermarried with the nations around them who worshiped things that were not gods and goddesses that 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 was not the true living god they worshiped other gods and goddesses and so because these people went and intermarried with different people and they went into immorality 
there was no justice there was no righteousness it was not as how god ordained it for one man one wife god said you know it was it is not good for man to be alone and he made eve to be a companion for adam and he made a companion he gave them a, a made them into a covenant you know family made them to do a covenant with each other and this covenant shall not be broken and he and he called them to be faithful to the covenant and they would reject it and then continue to take more wives and marry and they would give away divorce and send away you know women that's why you know jesus is confronting that in the gospels because they easily gave a certificate of divorce and sent away sent them away they were they were abusing and exploiting the women and jesus says this is not how it was in the beginning oh they said moses allowed us to give a certificate of divorce but jesus said this is not how it was in the beginning because of your hardness of heart so that you will do things in a proper manner in a legal way moses allowed you to put a certificate because of the hardness of heart because they would not be faithful to one another and they would indulge in adultery and so this is how they became unfaithful they forsook the word of god they forsook the teachings of scripture they forsook worshiping god they went after other you know cultures and the nations around them and they forsook the teaching of scriptures and because of that they rejected god as king and they also wanted another king like the kingdoms of the world they Im- wanted to imitate the cultures of the world and so even though god was their king they reject god as king and said like the nations of the world we want a king for our nation so samuel is crying out to god and says oh these people are asking for a king god says no they are not asking for a king they have rejected me as king that's why they are asking for a king and so he allowed Saul to be their king and the kings kept failing and falling because they were not kings according to the sovereign plan of god it was not his perfect will it was his per- permissive will he permitted go have it that's how he gave it it was not his perfect will because his perfect will is that he will be their god and because they rejected the teachings of the word of god they rejected god as king and today we can also be you know still worshiping god still singing these songs but yet we can be rejecting god as king in our lives by not adhering to the teachings of scripture and so it's necessary for us to come back to the teaching of the word of god and follow his teaching take stock of what the teaching says in what area does it apply to me read a portion of scripture maybe two three chapters maybe one book maybe whatever you know you are reading don't read three verses from daily bread that is sunday school whatever portion of scripture that you are reading each day you know take that as a body of teaching that you need to learn and see what does it say to you don't only look for the promise verses we are very good at promise picking it says i will never leave you nor forsake ah that's a promise from god but we trash the teaching and only hold to the promise take everything together amen hallelujah promises of god are conditional if you obey his teaching his promises will get fulfilled no promise is a stand alone thing which has a self fulfilling capacity by itself 
let me repeat that no promise is a standalone thing which has a self fulfilling capacity by itself when we follow the teaching the blessing will follow the promise will be fulfilled hallelujah amen that's why jesus is giving so much of teaching if he was all about only promises he should have only spoken promises why did he speak matthew 5 6 7 3 chapters and of course much more the sermon on the mount and all of those teachings are to be followed that is when we are walking toward jesus and we are not walking away from him if you reject the teaching you're walking away from him if you're not looking for what does the word of god teach me how do i order my life according to the teachings of scriptures if you're not looking at that we are rejecting god as king amen hallelujah and so let's get back to the learning of scripture let's let get back to the teachings of the word of god and let's get back to understanding what the teaching is for me and let's draw the principles out of the scriptures and let's apply it to our lives on a day to day basis and live according to it and thereby we will know that certainly god is king over my life we will experience the kingship of god hallelujah quickly number to walk with jesus we need to walk toward jesus and not walk away from jesus we need to walk with jesus mark 3 verse 14 jesus called his disciples and said come follow me but he just didn't say come follow me alone but he said come be with me he called the 12 to be with him be with him then that he might send them out to preach he didn't call the disciples primarily to go and do a task he wanted to come them to come and be with him we go towards him and we stay with him we don't walk away from him but we walk towards him by keeping the teaching and we are with him we are called to be with him it's important that we are with jesus it's necessary that we spend time with jesus the biggest casualty of our busyness of our lives in the name of responsibilities and duties to be done the biggest casualty is our time with jesus we lose out on that because we are busy 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 we're doing things we're doing here we're going here we're coming here we have to meet people we have to go for weddings one pastor said like this one is not called you know to go and attend weddings weddings wedding after wedding function after function biryani after biryani and ultimately what happens is that we are all the time busy 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 work you know social life a lot of uh, you know places to go travel things to be bought shopping and all of these things come and fill our lives so much it fills our lives so much that we literally have no time for jesus we have time no time to spend with jesus marrying and giving in marriage and buying and selling and traveling and eating and drinking and all of these then can come and fill our lives so much in those earlier years probably about 20 30 years back people didn't have a whole lot of money and so they had more of god now a lot of money has come and so we have less of god 
in those days peter and john were able to say silver or gold have i none but what i have i give to you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk today we are not able to say that can you look at a lame man outside nilgiris and say silver or gold have i none but in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk are we able to say it no we are not able to say it because we can't say silver or gold have i none and because we can't say that we are not able to say the next thing also in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk because what, silver and gold is not wrong but what i am saying is because our hearts have become so engrossed and filled with the things of this world and the material things of this world the material life and become we become consumeristic consume 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 what can i get where can i go what can i eat what can i drink what can i see and very less of god and so jesus is calling us to come back to be with him we will have to keep preaching this again and again some of you might be saying i've heard all of this yeah it's important to pray i know it's necessary for us to be getting it nailed into our hearts and our minds again and again hallelujah how were busy you might get how much you might have to study how many places you may have to travel how much you know uh, uh, targets you may have to achieve how many people you may have to cater to let's not miss out on our time to be with jesus hallelujah hallelujah we can we can have this life we can earn this life and we can earn the whole world but if we lose our soul what does it profit a man if he gains a whole world and loses his soul the most important thing is he, that we invest our time into being with jesus let's not walk away from jesus let's walk to jesus and let's be with jesus and then he goes on to talk about you know in mark's gospel chapter 1 come back to mark 1 Come follow me he said verse 17 Jesus said and I will make you fishers of men come he said come walk towards me and follow me be with me wherever i go go with me follow me and then i will make you fishers of men now walk for me hallelujah come walk towards me walk towards the teaching grab the teaching follow the teaching and come keep walking with me as you you know have me as king all the time don't don't reject my kingship don't go away from me keep walking with me but come walk with me and follow me be with me don't leave me and go away stay with me spend time with me and then i will make you fishers of men then i'm want i want you to walk for me hallelujah some people have done the first two very well but are not, are not walking for jesus and even this morning that was a prophetic word that came to us do you remember that arise and build arise and build the kingdom of god repeatedly arise and build do my work do my work are you involved in the work of the lord are you involved in the building of the kingdom of god or do you say i used to be doing things have you lost that anointing have you lost your calling have you lost your gifting have you lost your purpose have you lost that focus have you lost that passion have you lost that desire that you once had are you walking for jesus 
Are you working for Jesus? Are you building his kingdom? He's calling us and he says, I will make you fishers of men. That's the call that he has given to all of us. Not passively. Oh, whenever I get some time, I do some, you know, I get involved sometimes, you know, in some church activities. You know, when I get some time. Is that your last priority when you get some time left behind, some leftover time? Are you giving trash to Jesus? Leftovers? When I get some time, I get them involved with some ministry work. Have you heard people say that? Oh, sometimes, you know, I have a very busy life, but sometimes when I get some time, I do get involved, you know, some ministry stuff. Sometimes I raise some money for IMS. Oh yeah, only after I get retired, you know, um, I can think of, now it's impossible, you know, work life, everything. Maybe when I get retired, you know, someday, then I can work for Jesus. There's no guarantee we will even retire. But when it is day, when it is time, let's make use of the time. Let's redeem the time. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Do not be foolish, but redeem the time. Because time is precious. Because the days are evil. Redeem the time. The opportunity that God has given to you, the place where God has placed you, the gifting, the grace that God has deposited into you. The wealth of knowledge and wisdom and experiences that God has given to you in your Christian journey, in your journey of life with the Lord, have all been not deposited like garbage dumped into us. God has invested into your life. Hallelujah. Jesus was investing into the lives of the disciples. He was not dumping garbage into them. He was investing, teaching them, explaining the word of God to them, helping them to see, you know, making them to, you know, visibly watch and know who he is and what his power is. And then empowering them and telling them, I give you authority to drive out demons and sending them out two by two. Why did he invest into their lives? So that they will go and reproduce his ministry. For he's going to be here only for three and a half years. And after that he's going to go away. But then his kingdom is going to continue. Now brother, sister, the good news is this. The kingdom of God is in your hands. Hallelujah. You have the power to extend his kingdom. You have the power to establish his kingdom. The very thing that Jesus came to establish. The very thing that John the Baptist came speaking about and introducing. You have the power and you have given and entrusted with the responsibility of establishing that kingdom. And expanding that kingdom. Hallelujah. Do you realize this morning what this king has done for you? Do you realize what this king has given to you? What he has entrusted to you. For he trusted you. And said. They are going to be faithful. To establish and expand my kingdom. Hallelujah. He believes in you. He knows you can do it. They were fishermen. He knew they could do it. 
if you think fishermen can do it don't you think you can do it hallelujah when peter and john had healed that lame man and the sanhedrin came and questioned him they saw that these men were unschooled ordinary men but they realized that they had been with jesus if you are with jesus you can walk for jesus hallelujah hallelujah if you walk to jesus and if you are with jesus you can walk for jesus you can do his work you've been entrusted and the king of kings and the lord of lords will back you up as you work in his kingdom come read with me in luke's gospel i'm sorry in mark's gospel the last chapter chapter 16 mark 16 verse number 20 then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it we heard a beautiful testimony this morning of how sister prayed and we all together prayed and supported and cancer was healed the lord works with them hallelujah i think we should shout a louder hallelujah if you the lord is still working with them who are working for him the lord works with those who will walk for him hallelujah he will continue to establish and confirm his word with signs and wonders miracles will happen you go speak the word you go lay hands on the sick you go prophesy you go stand there and you go ask god lord lead me to somebody to whom i can minister to lead me to somebody whom i can set free lead me to somebody whom i can usher into your kingdom and god will work with you and confirm his word what are you doing in your workplace what are you doing in your college i met a brother yesterday he said he works at a company and sometimes when he sees some people he's an engineer when sometimes when he sees some people in his office suddenly he will be drawn to them his focus his attention goes on them and then he would start praying in his mind for them several days and he would continually talk and sometimes suddenly they would come and ask him for for prayer or tell them their problem or their need he would not approach them but he would keep praying and they would come and ask him i have a problem and he would say i'll pray for you and he would pray for them and very shortly then little later they would come and say i accepted jesus in my life this miracle happened hallelujah and the spirit of god would lead him to pray for some specific people like that how amazing it is in a workplace in a corporate company working as an engineer who is able to lead people to christ in a very very quiet manner no making noise no fireworks no big show no platform no microphone but is leading people to christ hallelujah expanding the kingdom of god in that company establishing the kingdom of god in his workplace that's how we must be doing hallelujah god has given people around you god has put you in a certain place 
maybe you didn't you don't like your job maybe you don't like your boss but i want to tell you start liking it because god has put you in that place God has put you in that place so that you can make a difference so that you can establish his kingship over the lives of other people because he wants to be king over everybody and he has entrusted his kingdom in the task of establishing and expanding his kingdom into our hands for he said i will make you fishers of men he is the one who makes us fishers of men he is the one who is taking us and using us would you give your life to him this morning and say lord i want to walk to you and not walk away from you i don't want to reject your kingship over my life i want to walk with you i don't want to allow the business of this life and the material things and the consumer consumeristic mindset and the heart to consume me i do not want to be idle in your kingdom I don't want to give the leftovers for your kingdom the leftover time the leftover days no I want to give my all to you I give I want to give my everything to you I want to follow you fully if you say I follow Jesus you will be walking toward Jesus you will be with Jesus you will be working for Jesus that's what a truly devoted fully devoted follower of Jesus would do If you are truly walking with Jesus you cannot but work for Jesus you will not be able to be silent if you are silent and you are not working for Jesus you are not truly following Jesus you are only a fan of Jesus are you a fan or a follower there won't be any big difference between the fans of Rajinikanth and the fans of Jesus today we have many fans of Jesus who just get very excited in christian meetings but are not walking with the teachings of jesus are not with jesus spending time with him are not working for jesus if you're not doing these three you're just a fan of jesus you're not a true follower of jesus amen hallelujah some of you are already probably saying this is hard teaching who will follow this but i believe this is good teaching the disciples the people who rejected him only said this is hard teaching but for those who will follow him this is good teaching hallelujah nudge your neighbor and say it's good teaching probably it's time to wake them up also tell them service is getting over this is good teaching service is getting over hallelujah praise the lord 